welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 296. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to finish out Star Trek Lower Decks' first season with the episodes Crisis Point and No Small Parts. Here we go. Crisis Point, Season 1, Episode 9, original release date, October 1st, 2020, directed by Bob Suarez, written by Ben Rogers. Guest cast include Paul Shear as Andy Billups, Paul F. Tompkins as McLemo, Ben Rogers as Champeau, Gabriel Ruiz as Lamonts, Gary Cole as Leonardo da Vinci, Nolan North as Lars Lundy, and Marcus Henderson as Jet Manhaber. <laughs> Captain Freeman orders Ensign Mariner to go to therapy for once again breaking Starfleet protocol. Mariner discovers that Boimler has developed a holodeck program of the Cerritos crew and she decides to create some therapy of her own. Mariner develops a scenario in which she can take out her frustrations with her mother, Carol Friedman, taking her lower deck crewmates along for the sadistic ride. Oh, great! Well, now it's just us! Yeah, thanks for ruining the awesome captain murder this was all building to! We were supposed to fight on a rickety metal catwalk! Oh, let me make it up to you. Double punch! <laughs> Double block! <laughs> Whoa, how did you- I know all your moves and everything about you! <laughs> I know you dressed up like Toby Targ every Halloween, even when you were too old! <laughs> yeah. And I know you actually love the warp core! Take that back! The warp core's lame! <laughs> You only break rules because you know that's what everyone expects you to do. If you really were a badass, you'd do the hard thing and just be a good officer. They're not casting you as the villain. You are. My laugh out loud line in this episode to the captain. Captain, where do you want me to see myself in five years? (laughs) I don't know. That's funny. Steve, get us going on Crisis Point. It's interesting how they finished up this season because they did a couple of pretty unconventional episodes in a lot of ways, but I still think it was it was very entertaining and stuck to their kind of their general formula, although they took on some larger uh, larger uh, tasks here. And this one, they basically let's 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 parody the movies. Let's parody like well the kind of that scope of the movies, but also just what would we be like if we were a movie and kind of the um, current way that those films are portrayed and so forth. So you get all those kinds of jokes and the, the things you'd expect to see with the, that, that's the, the lens flares and the travel around the ship for 15 minutes and the, these kinds of jokes. And it's, it's still funny, even though it's you know, kind of predictable where they're going with it, you know, it was, it was very entertaining. Uh, but we also get some, you know, things that move the series along and some changes going on. And that's the whole notion with, Mariner and her mother and that relationship and there is this a secret and how are we going to what how the reveal of that we get over this episode along with the next episode and the struggles she has with that relationship as well so we do get some insight and into her character um and it and it is very funny because they basically tackled the uh, basically film parodies in one one fell swoop even though we've seen some of that already but I, I, I thought it was really funny it's particularly funny that they would do some of these things like in their first season, <laughs> like signing off with the signatures, the Star Trek six thing, you know, you would expect them to do that, make that joke like right. at the end of their final season years from now or something, but to do it here <laughs> makes it extra funny to me. Uh, Adam. Yeah. What are your th- first thoughts? Here? Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement with Brian. I'm not Brian. I'm in agreement with Steve. So you don't agree with me. No, I do agree with you. <laughs> 
Um, one other thing that, you know, this, I mean, but this is a, this is a holodeck episode and you don't kind of realize it. You know, we've had dozens and dozens of holodeck episodes and it's, and it is sadistic. I threw that word in there because, you know, she's just murdering and they don't hold back. She's just, it's like, you see the whole vaporizing thing. It's not studying crew crewmates or anything like that. She's, they bathe themselves in blood when they destroy the Bajoran and I mean, yeah. 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 The Borg head blows up and they're just covered, they're covered in, in blood. And, um, you know, this series is, you know, it's pushed the, it's pushed the limits of this kind of stuff. But I'm, this episode is like, wow, they really, they really went all out on, on this one. And, you know, and Steve's right. I mean, not only is it fun and it's creative with things that we've seen before, but, you know, there is a lot of character development that we get out of this episode from Mariner that I think so far, the most so far that we've gotten throughout the series about, you know, her dealing with her anger, her, you know, just this, just vicious anger you know she's sent to the the bird psychologist <laughs> the bird man psychologist <laughs> you know she's tearing up stuff in there and we've all seen like the the anger that she's portrayed you know throughout the series but it's never been to this level and i think it's a it was a creative way to delve into her character and the issues that she she has um with her mom and with her place and and I, yeah i thought it was really good and creative and, and fun a lot of times and you know you, there you know we get the end you know it's like the end of um generations the enterprise crash and it's kind of similar they're, they're spoofing all sorts of stuff on there so yeah and boimler throughout the whole thing the whole time you know like what kind of cookies does she like so yeah there's just all this amusing stuff throughout it and you get a lot of good character development for, for mariner that um uh super long emotional shuttle flyby in the <laughs> Um, they did it extra long. Yeah, and the engineers uh, just crying and carrying on in the front seat. You know? yeah. I don't know. It's I read somewhere that Mike McMahon wanted to do a a two hour cut of this episode, and you know the extra hour and forty minutes would just be that scene sequence repeated. <laughs> you know, so an hour and a half flyby. <laughs> but I even like like the music is very Horner esque. Yeah, you know, I like the mix of it. Really it really sounds yeah. like the Star Trek Two music. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great. And of course, I always enjoy playing with the aspect ratio. You know, most this is the one time where most of this episode is scope, which is fun. Like all the movies, yeah. Now I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan. I I thought they did a good job mixing in a little bit of um of the soundtracks from other movies and in with the you know lower deck soundtrack. Get off my mom, you b word. I think that was the wrong franchise, right? <laughs> is that supposed to be an aliens reference? Uh, <laughs> that's all right we also learned something about uh, tindy a little bit because i don't know that they've addressed too much being sensitive about being an orion and all the stereotypes you know so that's something well, this is the episode right where she has the line about most of us haven't been that way for five years <laughs> <laughs> something like that right like i enjoyed ruffler ruffler's man crush on his boss <laughs> again that that actor that we like uh paul Shear, right it's very funny again i think for me the main thing is in this one is just the uh, the cojones to do this in your first season. That's pretty great. I really enjoy that. What is this episode about? Well, I thought that, I think what they were trying to get at is the inner psyche of Mariner and the duality that that's inside of her. The need to be rebellious and be her own person and make her own rules, but at the same time, you know, she really does love her mother and she wants to please her and she wants to be a good um, a good officer. You know, they play that out, you know, you know, you know, it's bad Mariner fighting good Mariner. And um, 
the good Mariner outsmarts the actual real Mariner. So I think that's what they're trying to get at is like the duality that possibly that is inside of all of us that, you know, that internal fight and it's just played out in this character Mariner and it's kind of moves her character forward quite a bit. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, that's definitely the focus. And, uh, you think they were trying to make any enemy within references there? Right. Right. Probably. But uh, yeah, I mean, she essentially hijacks that program and then, uh, you know, basically puts on display all her demons in a way, you know, and, and it's, but it, yeah, it is evident her fighting herself and, and her, she, you know, she's just tearing things up. It's like we said, it's bloody and it's crazy, but then the, the uh, good quote unquote side of her, you know, winning out and all that stuff. But it, it's, it's a very creative way to do it. And again, they're so economical with this, you know, these episodes are so short and they pack so many jokes and so much character development and, you know, just fun in that time, you know, so it, it was good. And I really think you can make the argument this is the best of the new Star Treks. I'm 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 really enjoying uh, Strange New Worlds. What three episodes, four episodes in? But I think you could make that argument that this this show is just really really well done in every in every way. Why didn't we get to see the Enterprise Bridge Crew do some jet skiing vacation? You know, I like the uh, the letters. <laughs> flying at the screen and ducking them and stuff. <laughs> so I guess in universe, that font, that font is in universe, right? Apparently, well, now it is now, yeah. Because they were seeing those things. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do six degrees for crisis point. Uh, this is just a fun trivia question. I'm going to give it to Adam and not Steve, because I think Adam... We'll enjoy this. Just because we were talking movies before we started, and All right. and this movie was big when we were in college together, Adam and I. Gary Cole plays Da Vinci. We love Gary Cole, mostly for playing what character in Office Space? Oh. What is his name? Buggard. I'm going to give you his first name. I'll give you his first name. The character's name. I'm trying. You got to give me his. Yeah, I'll give you the character's first name. You got to give me the character's last name. How's that? Let me have that. Bill. Lombard. Yeah, close enough. Lombard. <laughs> Lombard. <laughs> Steve, would you have gotten that? No, uh, but I. it sounds familiar now you say it. I do. I did enjoy that movie a lot. Yeah. Hey, Peter. What? Get your TPS forms. <laughs> I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> All right, Adam has one. Moving on. No Small Parts, Season 1, Episode 10. Original release date, October 8th, 2020. Directed by Barry J. Kelly. Written by Mike McMahon. Guest cast include Jonathan Frakes as William T. Riker. Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy. Kether Donahue as Peanut Hamper. Jack McBrayer as Badgie. Rich Fulcher as Jackabog. Marin Tunji as Solving, First Officer, Nolan North as Lars Lundy, Ryan Ridley as Injured Bajoran Ensign, Neil Casey as Casey, Echo Kellum as Titan Lieutenant, Paul Shear as Andy Billups, and Lauren Lopkus as Jennifer Shrehan. Boimler inadvertently reveals to the crew that Mariner is Captain Friedman's daughter, which causes the entire crew to treat her differently. Meanwhile, the Sorrentos receives a distress, distress call from the USS Solving and finds it destroyed by the Pacolids, a group of unintelligent aliens who have become a threat while being ignored by Starfleet. Meow! 
<clears throat> Sorry. I mean, get the captain to the bio bed. Quick, quick! Uh, did we save the Cerritos? Working on it. Ooh, I got it. One illegal virus. But someone has to take it to the ship. But who's small enough to go and detect it? Yeah, and who could survive in space without a ship? Someone who can travel with the program safely stored in her hard drive. <gasps> Peter Hamper! You can load the code into their ship using your robotic abilities. Oh my gosh, Peter Hamper! You're gonna save the day! I'm gonna pass. I'm sorry, what? All that stuff sounded way too scary. What about the needs of the many? I joined Starfleet to piss off my dad. Not to be a virus bomb. Peanut hamper. This is not cool. We're all going to die. Peanut hamper. There are so many lives at stake. You know what? I'm just going to beam myself out of this whole sitch. Sucks to be organic. Enjoy having all your guts flying out or whatever. You know what? Peanut hamper is a stupid name. I love the bit where... Uh, Mariner like cleans herself up. She fixes her hair. Then she's all acting proper, you know, and annoying Mariner. And Mariner's like, "Cut it out!" And she's "Cut what out, sir?" <laughs> but it, it's it's so funny because it's like it's just an example of how good the show is because the writing is obviously the writing is there and the performances are great. But like she really gets she really gets the joke. And I'm trying to imagine her like recording the line. You know, I mean, she doesn't see this finished product or something, but that's just that's good. That's good writing performances. That's good direction. It's 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 great. Adam, get us going here. All right, we're on the final episode of the first season, and um, yeah, the the big reveal that came from the last episode that Boimler finds out that Mariner is actually the daughter of the captain. <laughs> And I, I think it's a clever way to, I, I think they came up with a nice clever way to reveal it to the entire crew. I mean, and anybody can relate to a butt dial call, you know, or, you know, call, you know, actually call somebody. We've all gotten those voice messages where it's like three minutes long and you hear your friends doing, cr you know, crazy stuff. Usually it's just static, but sometimes you get some fun stuff and you listen to it. And that's the kind of the way they approached it. So it's very, it's relatable to anybody out there, even if you're not a Star Trek fan or a sci-fi fan, you can relate to kind of like a call, a, you know, a, a call that was not supposed to happen. So that's how it's revealed. It's revealed to the whole crew. They're beamed up. Boimler freaks out because he's like, oh, I didn't, you know, and so it's it's relatable. It's funny. And it just kind of gets it out of the way, um, which is which is nice. And then you know, obviously the crew is <clears throat> treating her differently. Everybody's sucking up to her. I like the 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 bit where the one of her crewmates comes up and wants to take a selfie. Um and she's like, no, I don't want you to post that. And, she, and I think she gets cut off. I don't know what she was going to say to post it to, but um, that's all. It's all amusing. Um, and then we, you know, and then we crack into the solving. And and I mentioned this in the last episode. You know, they take a lot of, I, I, they they push the limit of of any Star Trek show. I mean, I, I was trying to think, and maybe you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm, have we ever seen like a <laughs> Uh, um, Federation ship just completely destroyed where the whole crew is killed, you know, the solving, you know, maybe if you don't see the crew, but, you know, they set it up, um, you know, you see the, the bridge crew, they're all bragging about how nice the ship is. The captain doesn't want to take the plastic off the, off the thing. And then, you know, two, you know, 10 seconds later, they're all dead. So <laughs> it's, it's different for Star Trek. Cause it's like, Oh, we're kind of going to get, you know, involved in this crew and see what they're going to, what's going to happen to them. And then they're dead. And then obviously we get into the, the meat of the episode, you know, the Cerritos comes to the rescue and we have the, these old characters, the Pacolids and, um, and to kind of carry on to, from the last episode, this is where Mariner, you know, her mother allows Mariner to be her at her best just the chaotic, crazy, you know, um, break the rules, think outside of the box. Um, character that she is and it, and it works out for them 
Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a clever episode. I, I, I think it's good. It's a good season ender. You know, obviously we get the end with um, Riker and Deanna and that's all, that's really fun when they're, you know, all having drinks and obviously Riker knows everybody there. And it's, it's, so it's kind of, to me, it's kind of a little like an over-exaggerated Riker, which is fun for this show. It fits, it fits right. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I should have looked it up, but is the last time we saw the Packlets, was that next gen? Have we seen them since then? If we've seen them since then, it was just like in the background walking around or something. I don't think we've seen them with speaking roles and that kind of yeah. thing. All right, Steve, your first thoughts. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it's a really good like season ending kind of episode. I mean, the first off, they, they do get that reveal out of the way and then put it aside. I, I, I like that as well, how it's like, you know, the end of it's the connecting the two episodes right together, just, you know, piggybacking off that we're going to start it off. And of course they, they do it in a way that makes fun of themselves too. Cause we've all wondered like how the, how the computer knows when to shut the badges off, you know, when they open a channel to talk to somebody, you know, and so it's, that's, that's a joke, but yeah, you know, they, they cover all their, all the bases they have, they, they get serious. This is one of the more serious ones because when people die and people die, die, it's not like a holodeck characters and things like that. So even though they they take, it's all, all fun and all this kind of stuff and they're silly the way they handle it you know there's consequences and they go to a real battle and people are getting injured and the ship's getting torn up and i don't know it's it's a rare thing for this for the series but it, but i think they pull it off you know i don't think it would work if all of a sudden one day all the episodes just started being serious like this but um, it works you bring back characters not only from uh, other series like pack lids and exocomps, but you also have Badgie makes a return, you know, <laughs> so it's kind of like the season in review, you know, so we're kind of, you know, summing it all up. We have a character die. Um, when we have the cameo, you know, big characters come on for the, the finale and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and they, and they do, and they are still, they're still talking. They're do, doing something serious with it too. They're advancing characters. It's it's more advancing characters for, uh, for Mariner or Mom and so forth. So it's um it's good. I liked it. Yeah, it's, you're right. It's like it's really incredible, deftly handling handling all these different tones, uh, at the same time and in such a short amount of time. It, yeah, it's really crazy. Of course, it's great to see Badgie. We were asking, remember when we, earlier, when that previous episode was like, I feel like Badgie comes back. Does Badgie come back? I can't remember it. And here it was this very season. <laughs> like, I wonder, I, I assume they recorded these lines and those other lines probably at the, in the same sitting, right? They didn't, they didn't spend the money for him to come back a second time. Probably did it all at once, right? Yeah. I don't know. How that, I don't know how animation, I've never really worked on animation production, so I don't really know. But that would be my guess. Um, a quick question: were, were they making fun of the um, series finale of Enterprise? You know, because Riker comes onto the bridge, he's like, "Oh, no, I'm sure a little bit. bit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those guys really know how to do it. <laughs> I like Exocomp's name, Peanut Hamper. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's crazy. It's, yeah, it's just like the most <laughs> random two words put together. <laughs> uh, we didn't even mention that it opens on Beta Three, Landrew, and all. <laughs> Was that little sign that was like a Federation emblem that said like "Don't listen to him" or something? I don't remember what yeah, it said. Don't trust. Or or yeah. Don't trust. Yeah, hang, hang, hang on the computer. Uh, and that TOS joke. <laughs> that's oh, right, what I call right. them. Th those old scientists. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We have a conspiracy theorist on the ship. They do that bit about Wolf. Oh yeah, Wolf three five nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This would. This was before like. The January 6th stuff, too, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, this is before the election, actually. Get a nice little ending there with uh, Mariner and her mother deciding they're going to work together. And, of course, Bormler takes his promotion to the Titan. I thought this ended with him, like, screaming, but I realize now, no, that's the first episode of the next of season two, it must be, of him freaking mm, out right. on a Titan, because, of course, he does. What is this episode about? There's so much going on in this episode. There's a lot, a lot pushing this episode forward. I guess I'm, I guess kind of what I took from it is like what you, what you just mentioned. It's kind of, you know, finding peace with oneself. And, you know, you see Mariner and her mom are going to work together. Boimler, you know, he takes a promotion. Um, it's I kind of took like, you know, life life continues and like it, nothing stays the same. It's kind of like the the theme that I kind of took took out of it. You know, you know, you go through all these harrowing experiences together as a crew or a family. Um, but in the end, you know, things don't change. People kind of move on and people go their own separate ways, um, which isn't a bad thing. But, yeah, that's kind of what I kind of the theme that I kind of took took from it. But there's a lot going on here that you could probably find other thing that, things that it's about as well. Yeah, I think it works well because it being a season finale and it, and it has those has those themes. I mean, we you know, I think the focus is still on Mariner and the captain and, and their evolving relationship. But obviously, Boimler is getting ready to do something new. We have uh, Rutherford with a major character arc here and so forth. I mean, it's it's um, the, it looks the same. People are still around, but there's people people have passed on. People are changing where where they're going. They're moving to new places, but there's you know relationships evolving. Yet it's these people. So that's that's life. You know, it's just a, if some things stay the same, some things change, and so forth. And it's and it works well, especially in, a, in an episode that's the, the season finale like this is. Except the Sorrentos. It's not being turned into a sovereign. Place. Right. Right. Cerritos. Cerritos. <laughs> And I always, I always enjoy. It's kind of a running gag in this show. The, the surprise optimism or whatever. You like the previous episode we had, um, Rutherford telling the chief engineer, "You are the greatest" or whatever. In this episode, we have um, Tendi saying to uh, Rutherford after he loses his memory, "It means we get to be become best friends again" or whatever. You know. I see those jokes coming now and I still like them, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it always, if it has to, if the show has a choice or a chance, it'll leave you with optimism, something fun and positive. And that's fun. It's different. Well, like you said, it's, yeah, it's kind of amazing. You know, although those scenes were right after they just had a funeral. So it's, it's amazing how much they packed into this episode. Um, in what, 23 minutes or 24 minutes that how long it is. It's, it's 22, insane. 21, 22. Yeah. Let's do six degrees for no small parts. Steve, mm -hmm. Riker mentions he was late getting to the bridge because he was watching the first Enterprise on the holodeck, as Adam mentioned. Assuming he's referencing the episodes of the final episode of Enterprise, name that episode. Oh, gosh. It was, uh, I'll give you a hint if you need it, because I gave Adam a hint on the last one. Now, but I thought, though, just for the record, he couldn't have been watching it during this episode. It was another visit there. Because, because I think that was the Pegasus. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Is in next, during the next gen arc, but yeah, um, gosh, I think I probably blocked it out or something. Maybe <laughs> it just so apparently he goes back and he watches it regularly, right? Which is even crazier, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe different different elements of their journey. Who knows what he's doing? The title is a 
kind of general Star Trek reference because it was, as uh, Berman and Braga said, a love letter to Star Trek after their 18-year run. Oh, right, right. Yes. And I'm just blanking on it. I used to know it very well. I, I can't recall right now. Adam? I have no clue. Um, creation of the Federation? I don't know. The Captain of the Enterprise monologue at the beginning of F- the main titles? These are the voyages. These are the oh, voyages. Yes. Okay. I was like running in my head, like, which phrase do they use this time? No, yes. Okay, these are the voyages, yes. All right, so Adam gets it for the day. All right. Uh, let's see. We've had some more Strange New Worlds. Still enjoying that. Um, I feel like there was mm-hmm. some other news that I was going to mention, but now I can't think of what it might have been. I don't know if it's news yet, but it, it's uh, becoming more apparent that they're likely releasing more movies on 4K disc. It sounds like um, five, six, and the, we knew we knew already officially that the director's cut was coming mm-hmm. on of the motion picture was coming on 4K in September. But it sounds like uh, Star Trek's five and six might also be joining it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe next gen, if not by the end of the year, maybe next spring, something like that. Mm-hmm. Probably as a tie-in for uh, Picard season three, which we know is going to be early next year. But yeah. That was exciting. I'd really like to get rid of get rid of all those bad looking ones and only have the good looking ones. <laughs> did I report? Did I tell you guys that we did watch the director's cut, Paramount Plus? I think so. That's how you, I think I told you about. That. Yeah, okay. Um, my ten year old said it was his favorite Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there you go, uh, motion picture haters. <laughs> well, there there you go. Uh, Lower Decks first season is done. I feel like we talked. I mean, I, I at least talked generally enough about the whole show today, just talking about the high quality of this, sh- the surprisingly high quality of the show. Not that I thought it was going to be bad or anything, but I mean, they really seem to knock it out of the park for, for mm-hmm. the show that they want to make. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty great. You guys have any other thoughts you want to add for season one overall? No, I mean, they were, I mean, the show was tight. I mean, I think we, we brought it up. The writing is, was tight. The production value was tight. The, characters the acting it was all tight they i mean they just had it down from i think even from the start they just really had it going right away what exactly what you said they they knew what they wanted to do um i think like we have mentioned several times i'm surprised how far they pushed the limits of star trek in this in this series and how well it worked um so yeah i think they're on a good path i haven't watched season two yet so that'll be interesting i i agree yeah i mean i i think it's got to be the case that we've said less bad things about, you know, a series as we've progressed to the first season, for sure, of a, of a series of this one. I mean, they, there's hardly anything, any, you know, like you said, if it, for what they're trying to make, you know, they're, they're doing as best as you possibly could imagine them doing it, you know. And they found it, like, right out of the gate. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it didn't take them several episodes to find the show or yeah. a couple of seasons to find it or whatever, you know. I mean, it, it yeah. was there immediately. I mean, just to go back to Discovery, every time like we would talk about an episode of Discovery where we thought they just did too much, it didn't work. But, you know, you like you said, you have this this last episode where they do a ton of stuff and it just works straight through because mm-hmm. it's tight. They have a rhythm to it and it's down and everything kind of connects to everything. So it's nice. All right. So we're going to be back in two weeks to do to start Lower Deck's second season. First two episodes. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Trek Companion. Our Gmail, our email is trekcompanion at gmail.com. Thank you so much for 
spending half hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.